Okay. Good morning. Glad to have you here on this beautiful June morning. Thank you. Saw a few people out in the foyer that were first-time guests, so if you would honor us by filling out the registration that's on the bulletin that you got, and then rip that off at the perforation, and drop it in the offering plate, that's all we ask you to put in the offering. Just let us know you were here so that we can send you a letter thanking you for coming. And if you'll look on the back side, you'll see uh, the upcoming events, uh, Biggie coming up next in line, I believe is Vacation Bible School. <clears throat> it's already full, but uh, we do, you know, we can always use helpers, volunteers to help Miss Carrie do a variety of things. Um, you can find something that would fit you and your schedule. So if you wouldn't mind signing up for that, we'd appreciate it. Uh, Chris just finished um, soccer, had 40-something kids. That's amazing. And uh, about to start indoor soccer. <clears throat> so uh, great, great ministry going on there. All right, let's stand and welcome somebody around you to church and then remain standing.
Lord, this morning I pray that you would strengthen us with power through your spirit in our innermost being so that Christ may dwell in us and we would live for your honor. Pray that we'd be rooted and established in love and would have the power to understand how wide and long, high and deep Jesus' love is for us, that we may be filled to the measure of all your fullness. I pray this morning, God, that this offering would be used to advance your kingdom and that you would be with our pastor as he brings your word. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Be glory throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Sometimes I like to just shut my eyes and not look at the words and just let those little sounds, you know, hit your soul. God is so good, isn't he? To give us songwriters and musicians. And, All right. All you musicians, come on. I sang this as a solo several weeks ago. We're going to sing it together.
God, you are so good. And you are so faithful. Father, when we are not good and we are not faithful, you still sent your son to die for us on the cross and we are so grateful. You are truly a good, good father. God, this morning as we dive into your word, Father, may your word pierce our hearts. May we, may we dig in and may we walk out of here different than we walked in here. May we be changed from the inside out. Father, use our pastor. Give him the strength, the courage to speak the truth to us even if we don't want to hear it. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Did I turn it on? Yes, I did. All right. Today is a sermon subject that I have never devoted an entire message to. I've included it in some messages. And if I were to, if I had been able to go back 42 years and the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that I've talked to in the office or in their home or whatever that are dealing with issues, and I was to have kept a record and written down, okay, this couple finances, this couple infidelity, this couple da da. And if I'd have just done that, of all the hundreds and hundreds of people, I'm gonna tell you this. In the top two or three would be anger. That issue would have been brought up, anger. And yet we don't talk about it in the church. And yet it is so important, and I want you to please listen very carefully to, to what I'm going to say, because some of it will apply and some of it won't. And some of it we'll have a little fun with, but it is a very serious matter. And if you live with somebody that explodes or, you know, that, that can cause a lot of anger issues, you know what I'm talking about. So we're in this series on the countercultural statements that Jesus made. Last week it was on marriage. Um, and then this week it's on anger. When anger wins, you lose. Would you agree with that? When anger wins, you lose. Uh, the things that Jesus taught were so radical and they were so revolutionary for his day that um, even now, if we, are, if, we, if we would follow the teachings of the Lord, it would turn our lives upside down. I don't really think that most people believe or even understand maybe how radical Jesus was. I don't think they really get how countercultural he was to the culture and society that he lived in. We, we kind of have people today that want to treat Jesus like he was some weak and mild and a very passive guy. And, you know, he, he was like a cuddly toy that would help you when you needed it. And, but I'm, folks, are you listening? Jesus was not Mr. Rogers. Okay, he was not. Jesus was radical. You don't crucify Mr. Rogers. And they crucified Jesus. So 
as we look at this today, Jesus is talking to a group of people, mainly the religious people of his day, and he's letting them know you're missing the whole point on this issue of anger. The point was they weren't focused in, in their heart. So the passage that we're going to look at today, I, I'll tell you, you think, well, that's not radical. Yeah, it is. Um, and you have to understand that the day in which Jesus lived, it was radical then because the religious and the political um, components of society were almost inseparable. The Jews were, giving a lot, were given a lot of leeway to make their own laws and rules for certain things. And it was just all mixed in together. So having said that, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 21, he's talking and he says this, you've heard that the law of Moses says, do not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. Now, what is Jesus doing there? He's referring to all those religious laws that they had made up with and, and come up with. Don't commit murder. That's a biggie. Would you agree with that? Now, watch what he does because he says, but I say. Now, you need to always underline that. And by the way, when he says that, you'll find that six times in that one chapter, chapter five, where he says, but I say. So, but I say, if you're angry, not just murder, if you're angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. Now, the context for this verse, where it's coming from, in the preceding verse, verse 20 and earlier, I mean, if you read it, he's really slamming these religious leaders. And the reason is because they were trying to obey the law precisely. I mean, they even had it memorized. I mean, I don't know if you realize this, but the religious people of that day, especially the religious leaders of that day, they would take pieces of uh, scripture and they would tie it in a box, a leather box on their forehead and, so, and then another one above their heart on their arm. And in fact, if you read your Bible, it'll say phylacteries. And that's what they were. They were called phylacteries. But the problem was these religious people kept making these leather boxes bigger and bigger and bigger so that people would be impressed by how spiritual they were. That's a little bit of the culture going on there. But they didn't have the right kind of a heart. Uh, but Jesus is telling all the people that are there listening, I don't want you to be like them. They look like they've got it all together on the outside, but on the inside, they're dead. Uh, much like low fat or no fat ice cream today. I got to throw that in there. You look at it on the outside carton and it looks good, but inside it tastes like paste. You don't, you don't want that. Another passage in this same um, chapter, Jesus called them uh, painted tombstones. He said, that's what you're like. So these religious leaders, no, they said we don't murder. In fact, I got to believe that these guys would probably go to bed at night with a checklist. You know, every night, okay, murder. Nope, didn't do that today. Checked off. Adultery. Nope, didn't do that today. Check off. Uh, angry. Yeah, got mad at that lunatic, John the Baptist. You know, won't everybody repent? Got mad at that. But Jesus, you know, is, is basically saying to these people, you're all so proud that you don't murder and you don't commit adultery and you don't do all that stuff, but you're really killing people and you're killing people with your anger. Folks, that's what upside down living is all about. 
Jesus is basically saying, don't kill with your anger. Would we, can we agree with that? Don't kill with your anger. Because when anger wins, you lose. Now, some of you probably already in your mind, you're saying, but Lloyd, what about that thing called righteous anger? Aren't we supposed to have righteous anger? Yes, we are. There's a place for having righteous anger where it's, it's justified. But most of the anger, uh, folks, that people deal with in this room right here, it is not righteous anger. It's the destructive kind. Um, and I can tell you this. In this audience, audience right now, there are people in here now that you have been a victim of destructive anger. And there's others that you were the perpetrator of, of that kind of an anger. Now, I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand to be honest with you. If you've been the victim of somebody else's anger, anybody? Um, now, let me put it up again. If you've ever perpetrated it, anybody? Yeah, okay. So what I'm talking about, two main things here. One, there is anger that damages others. <clears throat> anger that damages others. And every one of us probably has been wounded by somebody else's anger. It may be recent. It may be years and years ago, but it's deep and it hurts uh, and it wounds. <clears throat> the verses in the Bible, this is why I can't believe, why have I not ever preached an entire message on this? Um, is, is because there is so much in the book of Proverbs. Just read the book of Proverbs and, and, and write down there everything that they talk, uh, that the Lord talks about, about anger. Um, it's, it's, it's there. And the Lord has a whole lot to tell us about it. So I went back and I, I'm not going to tell you I read it all cause I didn't, but I thumbed through knowing where all the stories are at, trying to find all the examples of anger. And one of the ones that was interesting to me that I came across was this old, this guy in the old Testament named Elisha. Y'all remember Elisha? Elisha was the, the guy that came on the scene after Elijah. Elijah was like his pastor, and the Lord took Elijah to heaven, just took him up, didn't have to die, do anything, just took him to heaven, and Elisha saw that. So Elisha's telling everybody about what he saw and about what Elijah did, and, and so the, there's these guys that started making fun of that. Now, you have to understand, Elisha had a bald head, okay? So all this is happening. And uh, here's these guys, these young guys, they come out of the woodwork somewhere. Elisha's walking. I don't know if he even tells us where he's going, but Elisha is walking. And these guys come out, and they've heard the story that Elisha's told about Elijah going up. So what do they do? Go up, bald head. You know, making fun of him. Go up, bald head. So what does he do? He gets mad. And he, he prays, and he asks the Lord to curse him. So what happens? A bunch of bears come out of the wood. It really happened. A bunch of bears come out, and 42 of them are dead and mauled them to death. Now, that's pretty, I'd say that anger was pretty destructive right there. Now, I don't know if it was righteous anger or not, but it don't matter. Those 42 big mouth boys got into a lot of trouble. Anger can damage other people, but then anger destroys you. It damages others, but it destroys you. Now, this is not as easy to define as that anger that damages other people, uh, but it is just as deadly. Now, just out of curiosity, 
don't, don't say it out loud, but you know right now what triggers your anger. We all have a trigger or more. That when that, I mean, when that button's pushed or that trigger's pulled, we, 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 we have anger. We all have them. It may be bad drivers or, you know, what, well, listen, one of my biggies is, is, and that we've been dealing with here at church when these people broke in, I can't, I get angry and it's not righteous anger, really, when, when people steal, when you've worked for something and somebody just comes and steals it and takes it, man, that just, ooh, gets me. But we all have triggers, don't we? We all have triggers. One of mine is, is um, I, y'all know by now that I love ices, slush, icy, chipped ice, shaved ice, love it. I always have. And um, I'm, at, I'm down here, right down here at the Circle K, and um, I go down there to get my icy because they have ices still. So I go down there to get my icy, and I get up to the checkout, and I'm not one of those self-checkout guys, so I don't do that. So I'm in the line, got my, sl- my icy there, and I'm drinking on that. And there's a lady in front of me, you know, and, and she wants about eight or nine lottery tickets. And, and to pay for everything, she's got a backpack. She has to unzip the backpack. She takes out a, pur- a, a, a purse like, a lady's purse. She undoes that purse, takes out a little change purse, unzip, no, unzips that, has to find the exact change, you know, and in the meantime, she's talking to every person around her and the guy checking her out. And I'm, th- and so I'm there now and my icy, I've drunk it halfway down and the rest is melting. And I'm, I don't, I'm telling you, <clears throat> we all have a trigger <clears throat> and that that's awfully hard for me. Well, so I've had to ask myself over the years, not just this, but it's always for me, a lot of little things like that. Well, Lloyd, how do you tame that anger? Because you don't get rid of it. Are you listening to that? You don't get rid of anger, but you can tame it. Notice I use the word tame. So anger comes and goes, but it's what we do with it that damages others and destroys us. So I want to give you four quick things today of how we can try to tame the results of anger in our life. How can we do it? Number one, you got to start by being willing to name it. So many in this, I know there's people in here right now that you don't really like talk, us talking about anger because you feel like, well, it's just part of my life and I don't really have a problem with it. Um, oh yeah, preacher, I get angry every once in a while, but it's not a problem. Uh, or some people who have even said to me before, oh, preacher, I don't get angry like that. I'm a Christian. Well, that might be about the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because the only people, in fact, the name for people who don't get angry is dead. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. Anger, listen, anger is inevitable. Would you agree with that? It's inevitable. But what I want you to hear today is <clears throat> that does not mean that it has to be expressed. Okay? It's there, but you don't have to express it. When we name it. When we identify it, when we admit that, that we have a struggle, then we start to g- gaining some power to do something about it. Now, 
little massive confession here about anger and the styles of anger. There is a group of you in here right now that I would say you are, you want to write it down, you would be called an exploder. Okay? When they're triggered, they explode. Now, those of you that are exploders, you know who you are. Would you raise your hand? Come on. Raise your hand if you're an exploder. All right. They lash out. You know, they, they, they say things quickly. Um, but there's others in here. And my, I kind of probably lean more in this direction that we, we also get angry, but we don't usually do it out loud. We do it quietly. We're imploders. <clears throat> How many of you are imploders? Okay. Yeah. We're, we're just as bad. I mean, you know, you may not blow up on people, but the anger, you don't forget it. You brew, you stew, you chew, you know, am I right, imploders? I mean, that's what we do. And, and the thing about an exploder is that whenever they're triggered and they lash out real fast, they move on. But, you know, imploders, you know, we'll kind of keep it in, and it may last quite a while. Now, before my exploder friends in here, before you get a little self-righteous, let me say to you, exploding doesn't work either. In fact, that can cause more damage to the other person because what you say or what you do, now you got to deal with that. Whereas an imploder, if we hold it in, even though we're angry inside, at least we haven't said anything yet that might make it a whole lot worse, and we can try to deal with it. And, and, and I love having you laugh about this. That's a good thing to do. But until you name it, you won't deal with it. You've got to admit, yeah, this is who I am, and this is what I do, and this causes a problem. And I shouldn't grab and shake my kids like that. I shouldn't slap them in the face. You know, I shouldn't. There, there are certain things that we need to know. So don't... You, you got to name it, but you don't just do that. Number two, you got to also learn to delay it, the anger. Name it, but be willing to delay it so you don't damage others. Any of you guys in here ever have a switchblade? Raise your hand. Anybody ever, ever have a switchblade? I wanted one so bad that my mom and dad wouldn't let me have a switchblade. I think I, I think I had watched that movie, West Side Story, or something like that. And I, I wanted one of them things where, man, you touch that button, you know, that switchblade pops out, man, you're ready, you know. Um, and, and you say, what does that got to do with delay? Well, because when you don't delay, your anger is like that switchblade. I mean, it's triggered and pow, it pops out and you start slicing people everywhere that's in your life. And, and, and again, you'll say things, and by the way, I can go back many, 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 many years. The situation is not that important to share with you. But I can remember something that somebody said to me. Three things that they said to me in that one sit setting. And, I'll, and that's, we're, we're talking, I don't know how many years ago. I'll never forget as long as I live. I wished I could. But those words, if I wanted to, I could remember every single one of them. Why? Because they were said in anger. They weren't true. But they were said in anger, and it was so hurtful. Sticks and stones will what? Break my bones, but words, that's stupid. <laughs> words do hurt you. 
I mean, my bones can, will heal eventually. Now, what does the Bible say? Let's look at that. Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. When they keep their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. That's, you know, that's a great verse, isn't it? It really is. Now, but well, what about, listen, what about the communication that doesn't use words? Like us imploders, like we do. You know what I'm talking about? How about rolling the eyes? You know, like, okay, you don't say a word, but do they know what you mean? Oh, yeah, roll your eyes or walk away from the argument and go, just, you know, you gotta, they got to see you shaking your head the right way. Or, guys, I don't know if any of you married guys have ever seen this. Nancy's not in right now, but let me tell you this. She probably hears it, though, because they have a sound back there. You ever got the look? <laughs> Google Home Improvement, Tim the Toolman Taylor, an episode on the look. You know, when you do something, you ever done it? Their lips get tight. Their eyes get real beady like that. Right there. And, man, they'll kill you with it. I mean, you know, I mean, man, they'll, you, you, you'll, they'll, you'll, you'll start dropping like flies, man, because there's... There's nothing worse than having that look. And that's what we do. You know, that's what we do. That's that nonverbal anger that comes out. Another verse I like, Proverbs 29, 11, A fool gives full vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. Well, how can you do that? Well, I was thinking about, well, how can you delay it? You know, or, or how can you tame it? Well, the only thing I know is, one, you could be a monk, you know, and I've watched a lot, as I told you, you know, I watch a lot of travel stuff where they're traveling all over Europe and there's, they show you all these places and their spiritual aspects of their society. And I've seen a lot of stuff about monks and I'm thinking those got to be the most anger free people in the world. Why? Cause they don't, they're not around people. They're free of people, you know, in situations they don't, they don't have that much to do. I mean, they, they their life is in control, but since that's not practical for us, the other way is, and you're going to say, oh, that is so simple. It's not even worth writing down. Spend time with God. That has worked for me. You say, that's just too simple. Really? Well, let me ask you, how much time do you really spend with God? Let's talk about your anger, folks. There's there's something that happens when you spend time with the Lord. You Listen, when you're spending quality time with the Lord, you'll mellow out. You will. And if you're reading his word, it'll, it'll soak in you. You'll chill out and your spirit will get still. I know, listen, for me, it, it changes me. When I allow God's spirit to kind of just wash over me, when I'm having a, a difficult time, my triggers, they may be hit, but it it's minimized, you know, and, and I don't, I don't want to anger, uh, strike out in anger like that. My hot buttons, you know, when they get pushed, it's like, okay, fine. You know, that, that's what you want to do. See, it, the Bible says in Psalm 46:10, and I want to read this from the message paraphrase first. Here's what it says. Step out of the traffic. Take a long loving look at me, your high God above politics, above everything. Now, most of you have memorized that in a different translation, and it goes like this, be still and know that I am God. You know, 
That's a great verse. And when he talks, I, the reason I like that other one, because it talks about traffic. And not just traffic out there, but the pace of our life. Folks, we are living such a fast-paced life. And I don't know who said it, you know, one of these great philosophers, but said something like there's more to life than just increasing the speed. There's got to be. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. People out there today are angry. I mean, look what happened just down here last Sunday. People are angry. I'm scared. To, I mean, you're scared to death to correct anybody about anything. I mean, it, the, people are just so angry today. But you know what? I have learned that when I let the Lord um, and I make that choice to, to dwell on him and what he says, man, it just changes my whole outlook. And I don't want to fight back. I don't want to strike out. Now, there's another verse or two that I'd like you to look at. And then you, I'll tell you why. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind. How? As you live. In Christ Jesus. You say, what does that have to do with anger? Well, when I'm triggered, if God is changing my mind, then all of a sudden in my mind, here are all these questions, and this has happened to me a lot. You know, I get these questions like, do you really want to say that? Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to blow your horn right now? You know, do you really? I mean, a lot of things like that, that, that when I think about the Lord, and let him speak to my heart and mind, it really changes everything. So I name it, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I get angry, so I name it. Can it hurt others? Yeah. Um, but I need to learn to delay it. And then number three, I need to learn from it. I need to learn from it. Well, preacher, you know, that's just who I am. My daddy was an exploder. My granddaddy was an exploder. You know, I mean, we did a family history thing, and our family uh, goes all the way back to that guy you talked about, Elisha, that was so angry all the time. Well, it can't change. Uh, uh No. Anger, are you listening? Anger comes and goes. But what you do with it is a choice that you can make. And this, this, this is a biggie. So here's a question. Very, very difficult question. And I want you to listen to it. And then I think it's in your notes, but let's talk about it for just a minute. Why am I angry? Okay? Why am I angry? Did you notice that I did not say, what am I angry about? That's a different thing, folks. What am I angry about? And then saying, why am I angry? See, there's going to be a couple of things here um, that, we, that we need to deal with. Um, when, when you say, why am I angry? You've got to look inside and you've got to find out why. Why does that trigger me? Why am I getting, why does that trigger me? And, and here's what you'll find. When you look deep inside of your soul, the Bible in Proverbs tells us three or four different times that you're going to have a couple of emotions in there. And one of them is fear. 
And fear is almost like a, a, a person in a corner in a fetal position. But then there is another um, emotion that sits right next to fear, and that is hurt. You ever heard the old saying, hurting people hurt people? Okay, that's, that's true. And the reason that hurt is so dangerous is because, listen, the only thing that hurt can do is attack. Hurt has to attack. When you trigger me, you know, if I'm not dealing with it right and I'm an exploder, then I'm going to attack. Why? Because that's all I got. That's all I can do to deal with it. But why am I angry? And then, of course, who can help me? You know, you, you ask yourself, well, who can help me? Well, the sermon th that you preached today, that's helping me a lot. Wonderful. But that won't get it done. Counting to 10. Some president said that. I remember, count to 10. You know, and if that don't work, count to 10 again or whatever. You know what I thought of? This is so silly. But when I, when I thought about this, I thought of that um, movie, The Water Boy. And I thought of Fonzie. He'll always be Fonzie. He was the coach, you remember? And when he was so fearful, you know, and, and wanted to strike out in anger, he pictured the other coach over there as a little baby. Remember that? And then he was back normal again, and he could come up with the great plays and all that. Anyway, don't know why I told you that, but that's it. Psalm 4. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. In your anger, do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your heart and be silent. The reason I believe that we put three and four verses there together is that if all I shared with you was verse four, then all you got left is kind of good psychology. Be angry, but don't sin. But whenever you include the Lord in that, folks, then you have the help that you need to get over it and to get over it in a way that you're not imploding but that you have absolutely given it to the Lord. God, I grabbed my kid again and I shook him. I wish I hadn't have done that. Uh, but I, I'm just so afraid that he's gonna, he or she's going to go down the wrong road like, like I went down or whatever. When, listen, when, when you allow the Lord to be present in your life, are you listening to this? When you allow the Lord to be present in your life, then you've got all the power in your life. All the power of God to help you with this. True story, last week, racetrack. I go to racetrack too. When I don't want my, because racetrack doesn't have ices. No, but they've got great, this crushed ice, really crushed up. I love it. So I go in there and I get a big old cup and I fill that with crushed ice. And then I put the high C fruit punch in it which doesn't hold much now because it's full of ice. But then I'll eat on that. And of course, the dentist hates it. But I chew on that and, and, and enjoy it for, for hours. So I'm down there and I'm in line. And if you go there around noontime, it's a pretty busy place. And as you all know, when you're in a place like that, there's a, lot, there's a line. And then there's two people, you got the picture, two people checking you out. Well, we're in this line. Well, I'm in line. So, and of course, you wait your turn, and when whoever opens up, that's where you go, right? That's where you go. So the lady behind me, she says, um, uh, she said, excuse me, which line are you in? 
and I, and I didn't say anything at first. And I thought, what? So I turned around just to see who it was and turned back around. I didn't say a word. Uh, Sir, I said, which line are you in? I said, I'm just in line. You know, I said, whenever, whoever opens up first, that's, that's where I'm going to go. So she turns around and says to the man buyer, I guess he can't hear. <laughs> Trigger. Trigger. But you'd be very proud of me. I uh, honestly, uh, I did not say a word. I wished I had an L, but not a bad word. A few years ago, if she'd have said, I guess he can't hear me, I'd have said like, well, I guess you're ugly. But you know, that's a, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I could have done that. I, I could whip the guy with her. I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. But the truth is, as I close this, I told the first service, and I really mean this, what I wished I'd have done is got in line and got up there and said, uh, sir, let me, let me pay for hers too. That's what I wished I'd have done. I mean, other times I might have done that, different place. But, and I thought, when I got in my car to come back here, I thought, why did that trigger even come up? Well, because she hurt my pride. She did. She hurt my pride. But you know what? The anger was gone. I didn't get mad at her, really. I just fluffed her off. But I paint that picture because that's what God wants us to do with our anger, not to explode on other people or to destroy ourselves inside. Again, anger comes and goes, but exploding is a choice. And carrying it inside is a choice. Now, I left something out today on purpose. It's kind of big. And the reason I left it out is because I'm going to come back next week in this series. And I'm going to talk about another radical statement of Jesus. But you've got to come back next week to get it. Which may make some of you angry. But now you've got something to work on this week. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for another day to be alive. Thank you for this incredible church and these incredible people that I really do believe that they want to know you and many of them want to grow closer to you. There are people who have walked with you for years and some only for a few years. Lord, we know that we've got to get this right where we deal with our anger because it's going to come and go and we cannot do it on our own. So we ask for your supernatural power in our life. And folks, if you are here this morning and you cannot say, I know for sure that if I were to die tonight, I'll be in heaven. Can you really honestly between you and God, can you really honestly say that? If you can, hallelujah. If you can't, you need to make that choice now. I wouldn't give rest to my eyes tonight until I'd made myself right with God. Because folks, you don't have the power to do any of these things in life 
the marriage that we talked about last week, the anger today. You don't have the power if you don't have Jesus. So you could be listening to me and, and hear it all and be agreeing with it, but it's not going to change anything if you don't have Jesus Christ living in you. So Lord, would you give people the courage to say yes to you and to invite you into their being. We ask it and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have your own way. Let's stand together. Have your own way. You are the After your will, while I am waiting, yielded and still, have your own way, Lord, have your own way, search me and try. Father, thank you for a beautiful day today. Thank you for a church that listens and um, attentively and uh, helps you as you preach by their uh, smiles, their comments. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. And we pray that you will help all of us. And I pray for myself in the area of anger that you help us to respond appropriately. In Christ we pray, amen.